Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin and Phil Golfie. Good Saturday morning once again. Lots to talk to today on the Hamilton Real Estate Show. You can download the podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Just search up Hamilton Real Estate Show on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, again, wherever you get your podcasts from. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700. All over social media, at Rob Golfie is the Twitter handle and on Instagram. And be sure to write, uh, like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. Lots of great videos, uh, interesting um, uh, features that you guys do or, or share with uh, the general public through social media. It's an important uh, connection with uh, not only the people that follow you, but the people who are interested in real estate. And lots to talk about today, why you should get a second inspection of your home. We'll talk about a couple who did so and found some alarming things. We'll talk about household debt and uh, how it's delaying Canadians' life milestones, like buying a home and we'll also talk about Canada's mortgage stress test not being considered for private lenders what's that all about stay tuned we'll get to it in a matter of minutes we have some statistics this is from the golfie team office this is not the uh, Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington because they do monthly stats and this month uh, just coming to an end those stats will be available uh, early on next week so for Hamilton so far over the first uh, three and a half almost four weeks uh, 365 homes were sold uh, in the month of uh, January, so far this month. Last year at this time, that number was 399. So pacing a little behind last year's numbers, average price of uh, homes sold in Hamilton this January, $490,000, a very healthy number, up from $483,000 last year at this time. Uh, thoughts on how this January is comparing to January of 2018? I, I can't remember what the weather was like, but I, I don't think the weather has a factor. It wasn't I, this bad, though. No, 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 it wasn't this bad. But, I mean, we've only had a cold spell uh, just in this past week. Yeah. And really, uh, so, I mean, it, winter is winter. I mean, it's like, I mean, there's other communities, especially up north, they they have longer and, and, and tougher winters than we do. Yeah. But, uh, but I think we're down, Hamilton's down, I think, um, now... Uh, eight, eight to nine percent mm-hmm. from last year. Yep. But but now we're the year before the year before twenty seventeen there was five hundred forty one homes. So like those are big numbers. Almost two hundred more homes. Yeah. So now so so last year when we're sitting here uh, in uh, in you know the beginning of February saying you know how two thousand seventeen versus two thousand eighteen was they were down I think like 20 or 20, 20 or 30 yeah. percent yeah now okay so last year we're down 20 30 percent this year we're down again another eight eight nine percent mm-hmm. from last year so that means so we're down like almost 35 yeah. percent from, from 2017 from 2017 yeah uh, I think we're more in a normal market um, and it's and it's hard you know what the, the, the funny thing about uh, with Realtors is when we have one good year 
we 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 kind of grasp and hold on to that mm-hmm. and we talk and we talk the blues for the next three years <laughs> well, it also changes your forecast and your goals sure. for the next year so once you get into the next year you're not you're not achieving those goals and all, right. all of a sudden you know you're in January and end of January comes and you're you're down 10 to 15 to 20 percent based on what you did the year before yeah and it's easy to, it, it, it it's it easy to get caught yeah it's easy to get caught up in in the psyche of underachieving meanwhile you know if you compare to what the overall market's doing a comparison to your stats you know you might be you know where you should be or mm-hmm. overachieving so right that's where you can get caught up in in terms of your goals mental the mental goal yeah, is yeah. is the it's, tough it's, part because you, you always so want to achieve more than the previous year the right? expectations change yeah that's right or at least the, you have to that's force right. them to change that's right uh so 2017 this is interesting because there were so many more homes sold in 2017 and, and again in january is 541 compared to 365 this january so far but the average sale price in 2017 you know there was uh, hordes of activity was 455,000, and again this past month 490. I know. So so real estate values are still strong. They're yeah. still moving up. So so that that hasn't changed. So in essence, it's just the number of homes that sold haven't changed. Now, now when I print these numbers off, yeah. the difference between my numbers that I print off and the real estate board numbers is that the real estate board numbers excludes any uh, agents bringing in uh, deals from out, outside of uh, Hamilton. So, okay. if, so, if, so if a Toronto agent comes in and represents a buyer, right. it's not going to show up on there. But uh, my numbers show up the true, true numbers exactly the numbers that are. So these are sold in Hamilton. Or in Hamilton, in whether it's a Hamilton agent or right. a Toronto agent, it th- those are the numbers that show up. I think that's a. I think that's a lot more accurate because it, those it is, homes it, are still being sold regardless of who's selling. Exactly. Them, right? I don't know. I, I I had a conversation with the real estate board about that, and I, I said, well, why are you excluding them? Like, yeah. it, I mean, it, it, it's still a sale. A sale is a sale, regardless who who brings in the sale. So anyway, but that's that's my understanding. That's how the real the real estate board. So they mm-hmm. they don't put in the uh, uh, the outside sales. Okay, uh, let's let's look at. Burlington, because you brought some of those numbers in as well. Burlington, yeah. uh, very interesting to look at. So I'll start with 2017, yeah. and 185 homes were sold in Burlington in the month of January uh, in 2017 with an average sell price of $742,000. 2018, so a year ago, uh, that average sale price went down to $690,000, and the number of homes also went down to 146, again, compared to 185 right. in January of 2017. Here in 2019, only 138 homes in Burlington have sold, and the average price is back up to 714000 So lower than 2017's $742,000, right. but higher than last year's six hundred ninety. Yeah, so there, there, was, there was an adjustment down, done in 2018 that needed to be done mm-hmm. because... Um, especially in the in the high higher end markets, they sometimes they creep up too high, and then it has to has to has to get adjusted back to normal because then all of a sudden nobody can afford to buy, and then yeah. that's when they start going to uh, uh, surrounding areas of that community, and they buy there. So so what happened was um, nobody was saying, hey, we can't afford Burlington. So mm-hmm. now that dropped the price down because the people that did that needed to sell, they had to drop their price if they wanted a buyer. Right. So that that gets adjusted. So and and usually communities like that are like Ancaster, yeah. um, Oakville, uh, Oakville, uh, uh, Burlington, yeah, like Burlington. Yeah. yeah. So um, seven hundred forty-two thousand dollars in the month of January in twenty seventeen in Burlington. Six ninety last year. Seven fourteen this year. Is this year more indicative or more of an accurate sale price in Burlington? I I think this year, and and, and this is this is uh, my prediction. I think we're going to have uh, an increase. 
uh, happening in uh, coming, like we're, we're talking on the doorstep. In uh, terms of price or in terms of numbers of uh, homes sold? Price. Okay. Numbers of homes sold are still going to be a little, probably less than last year. Okay. Not that much less, but just a tiny bit less. Yeah. But the prices of homes are going to creep up cu- coming up in the next couple of months. And so, I mean, if you're selling, this is you better get get your house ready to be sold. Uh, get, you know, declutter, do whatever it has to paint and get, get things rolling because you're sitting on the doorstep of a good market. And yeah. that good market can last only 30 days, can last 60 days, it can last 90 days. We don't know. Last year, that great market uh, for 2018 lasted only for 30 days and it was the month of March. So, so... My opinion is uh, I think uh, we're going to have an increase and then it's going to level out again. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to be back to like our same market that we had in 2018. And so, I mean, today's February 2nd, Groundhog Day. Uh, now is the time to be, you know, doing these things if you're thinking about selling. Absolutely. I, I would start like everybody thinks, like like I said, I said this in the past. Everybody thinks that the spring market is April, May. It, it isn't. The spring market is like middle of February, yeah. 1st of March. That's, that's real estate spring market. Right. So... Uh, whether there's snow on the ground or not, people are saying, oh, my perennials, they look great. It doesn't matter. People are looking at the house. The landscaping, uh, you know, if you got pictures from past, you put them on the table as people are seeing, they'll see how nice the, the landscaping mm-hmm. is. But right now, uh, when you get your house on the market earlier than, than the rest of the population does, there's more buyers on the market, less homes for sale. You will benefit from yeah. that. You guys have been doing this for eons now. When uh, Do you have a list in terms of the importance of what buyers are looking at? Because you, you mentioned landscaping. I mean, how far down the list is that? Is location still the top? Is home type you know, still number two? Um, the, the top thing is location is obviously is, is, is one of the top number things. Number one. Right. Yeah. And then, then you've got your kitchen, your baths, the flooring, the, and, you know, all the main co- expensive right. components. So what the home looks like on the inside. The, yeah. So if you walk into a house and say, wow, kitchen's done, bathrooms are done, flooring's done, you know, again, windows are a major factor. Mm. Uh, windows are lasting a lot longer now because they're, they're mostly are vinyl windows. And right. then, uh, you know, the 80s, they're, you know, when they're building homes, they're building windows with uh, wood sills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, so people are replacing those now. Um, but what, but right now it's just the key components because people want to go in, they want to make sure they don't have to do as much. It depends on the person uh, yeah. that, that's looking. So people, right, right people now, like, right now we're seeing multiple offer situations on houses that are not necessarily priced to create that multiple offer situation, but a house that's very attractive to large buyer pool. So for example, you know, we saw in a market where you would, you would, you know, put a really aggressive price, meaning a price that's maybe less than market value to create a bidding war, to create a multiple offer situation. So right now, price, you know, the, people are people are, are, are a little nervous going that row, but they're still pricing it at the market value and still seeing those multiple offer situations because it's it's an attractive property to right. a number of people, which is, it, that's, that's how the market's going. Are we going to start to see those huge numbers going over asking? It's hard to tell right now. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a gamble if you're going to hold offers because... Like, like I said, let's say you have a house that's worth three fifty, and you put it up for three hundred, and you want to hold offers, and you get three offers, and the highest offer is is three ten, mm-hmm. and meanwhile the house is really worth three fifty. Right. You well, you end up losing a lot of people wanting to look at that house because yeah. they don't want to go in competition. I mean, I mean, every house has has its own strategy and its own plan that that you're going to cater your marketing strategy to. So, I mean, for some incidences, 
it, it's better to, to go that route, right? For example, if the house needs, if you're looking for a quick sale, if you're looking to get a, a ton of attention and, and sell it within the first weekend and, and, you know, under that circumstance, yeah, then, you know, it might be better to, to price it less than market value and, and get that multiple offer situation. But, you know, if price is important to you and it might take longer than that first weekend to sell and, and, um, and you know you're going to be on the market for maybe 30 to 40 days to mm -hmm. get that number that you need to to make your next move because you know ultimately price is important to to a lot of people right um so then so then you know if you're in that situation maybe holding offers isn't the best the best the best way to go but it all comes back to style of property location there's so many different scenarios that that you you want to know about and, and what we analyze and making sure that we find the best marketing strategy the best the best marketing plan for that particular yeah. property there isn't a cookie cutter approach that's for sure when we come back we'll talk about uh, canada's mortgage stress test not being considered for private lenders and we'll also talk about why you might consider getting a second inspection of your new home that and a whole lot more still to come on the hamilton real estate show on 900 chml Welcome back. Happy Saturday morning once again from all of us here on 900 CHML. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, those two fine gentlemen, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them at any time at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com, at Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. Like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Don't forget, if you have a question for the Golfie team or you would like to recommend a topic idea, you can send us an email. That email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, why you should get a second inspection of your new home. At least we'll pass along a story of a couple who recently purchased a new home and uh, the husband actually convinced the wife that, hey, you know, we should get a second inspection here. They ultimately did, and they found some pretty interesting things. We'll also talk about household debt and how it's delaying Canadians' life milestones, including buying homes. Uh, a new story earlier this week regarding Federal Finance Minister Bill Morneau, who says he is not considering imposing stress tests on private mortgage lenders. Morneau is throwing cold water on a recent Reuters report, saying the government was looking at applying stricter rules on mortgages provided by private lenders similar to those Canada has put on federally regulated banks. The Liberal government introduced stress tests in recent years to cool some of the hottest housing markets, including those in Toronto and Vancouver, and have limited some people's ability to qualify for mortgages and reduced the size of new loans. As a result, some of that business is now going to private lenders, which are beyond the reach of the Office of the Superintendent of Financial Institutions. Others are using mortgage investment corporations and credit unions, which are provincially regulated and not required to implement the stress test. So we're seeing some movement in terms of people who are stressed out about the stress test and they're going elsewhere. Yeah. So, I mean, they wanted to regulate for private lenders. Now, people go to private lenders because... There's no regulations. There's yeah. No regulations. <laughs> so, so th and there's no way, and there's no way they can gauge that because th that means th there'll be no business taken care of. So, private people, when people go to private lenders, there's, there's, there's multiple reasons. One, 
Um, maybe they can't get a conventional mortgage with a, uh, the banks because they have something on their credit rating. Right. And, but they do have the down payment. Um, they do have, and they can afford the pay, but just their credit rating doesn't allow them. Another one is maybe they're doing a short-term, uh, let's say, flip. So they only need uh, private money for three months, hmm. three, four months, and then they're going to end up paying it off, and they'll pay whatever the fees are for private lending. So. There's no way they can regulate private lending because uh, a lot of a lot of times people that uh, do uh, go for private lending, um, it, it saves them all the hassles that the banks want. The banks want so much information. Right. They want your it's a lot of red tape. It's a lot of red tape, and uh, and it, and, it, and it becomes difficult, especially for business people. Now, when I I remember years ago, I sold um, this property on uh, on Number Eight Highway in uh, Winona. Now, uh, it, it was a good cl- a good client of mine. And uh, they were looking for a large property with, you know, a lot of barns that they can operate their uh, landscape business out of. Now, uh, I arranged to have private lending. The owner, the seller, the seller uh, uh, owned a lot of property in the area. And I I suggested, hey, are you willing to do a private mortgage on this? I mean, my client's got a big down payment. And uh, if if you do that, then we can probably put this deal together. You're going to make money. Mm -hmm. And I I, I gave the, 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 the seller the property. A little bit of thing. Hey, listen. If he doesn't pay, you take the property back and resell it, right. and, and you make even more money. So he did that, and uh, and uh, the friend of mine that did buy the property, I think, had the private money. Uh, he was paying a private mortgage for I think a good five years. Then he went conventional uh, because the interest rates lower. Right. But he didn't have to do all the, you know, all his financial statements for his company, and 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 go through all the rigor to 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 get all this stuff for the banks because banks when it comes to uh, private lending, especially on commercial commercial properties, they, they give you such a hard time. Right. They give you a hard time. So he was happy about that. So he ended up paying. The interest rates were for private lending. What this guy gave was like around five percent. Mm. Now back then, five percent was you know was pretty high compared right. to what the interest rates were. This was a while ago, and uh, but guess what? They both win. the The seller wins. He didn't need the money, so he got a, he got made money on uh, interest on his mortgage. And the buyer got to buy the property without having to go through hassles of, of digging information up and you know going back and forth with the mm. bank. So when he was ready to go to the bank and has everything up to date, he went and got a conventional mortgage. Right. So private lending is a great thing out there for, and a lot of people don't know that. Like I mean, you'll, you'll you know, but you got to watch out for the fees. There's a lot of fees that goes with private lending, yeah. so you got to be very careful with that. With uh, interest rates uh, rising, at least over the last couple of months, and there's talk that uh, that will continue to be the case uh, this year. Uh, we have heard, you know, recession might be on the way once again. Are are we? <laughs> You've been saying that for a while. Yeah. Are are are, are we? Going to see more private lending or more home buyers going the private lending route based because on, they won't be able to qualify. Based on historic trends, we're due for a recession, yeah. right? It, it, it's almost you know we've gone a long period of time with without that little blip, and and it's important to go back to what the definition of a recession is. I think it's three quarters of I think it's two quarters or two actually. quarters of two consecutive quarters of uh, economic decline. Right. So right. even even if you have those two consecutive quarters, you're in a recession. It's a buzzword. Yeah. It's not necessarily, you know, the world's coming yeah, to this, an this end. Yeah, this guy's not falling. But no. I think I think we just wrote an article in the uh, in the Hamilton Magazine coming up soon. It's, it's being published probably within the next week or so. Mm. And and a lot of our article talks about buyer confidence. Um, heading into, you know, we 2018 was a year where we got our feet back underneath us. And it was a good year for, for a, you know, 
a balanced market, right? So there's a lot of people that were sitting on the sidelines and we talked about that a lot last year where people were, you know, kind of waiting for the market to continue to come down. Yeah. But after this year of this balanced market, it's, it's you know, it's a stable market. We didn't have a lot of multiple offer situations. It, it, you know, we didn't see that, that you know, crazy hot market that, that was in 2016, end of 2016, 2017, that buyers are have a lot more confidence now in going into purchasing something. So that's what we feel that we're going to see is they're going to be making more informed decisions. Buyers are going to come back to the market this year, um, take their time, still take their time, but there's a lot more confidence in the market, especially mm-hmm. with the way the interest rates are going to, um, you know, they're, they're stable. Um, we can expect rises, but it, it's not going to be anything out of the, out of the norm right. or anything out of that, that is going to become unexpected. Well, also with that being said, is the government regulations. We don't expect any government interference this year. Like, you know, the one year we had the stress test, the foreign buyers tax, mm-hmm. we had, um, you know, there was a number of different things. I think there was as many as 10 different initiatives or different, different things that were implemented in direct relation to the housing market. So, I mean, we don't expect any more of that this year, so it's it's going to be a good sign. Yeah. Rob, you were, you were selling homes, uh, you know, pre-2008 recession. Yes. Uh, obviously, there were some signs that, you know, that was on the way, and when it did hit, it was it was pretty severe. What was the confidence level of home buyers when the recession hit? I mean, did everything just kind of plummet? It, it was, uh, you know what, the, the, that recession, I think, hit more... Companies, it's more businesses, the, and more severe in the U.S. too. Yeah, and and it didn't it didn't hit the uh, average household person unless they were affected by losing a job. But right. I, yeah. I think overall, worldwide, Canada was kind of like didn't get the kick in the butt as much as the U.S. and mm-hmm. and, and other parts of the world. So we kind of we 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 felt it a little bit. The, the prices of homes came down. Um, I in uh, so in the first two three months. When when there there is a a, a, a change in the market like a, a market correction, uh, it's tough because now you got the guy that wants to sell his house for let's say uh, four hundred thousand and it's only worth three seventy five. Mm. Now the guy that has to sell he's going to sell it at three seventy five, and the guy that wants the four hundred he'll stick it out and stick yeah. it out and stick it out right. and and, he, and ho- hope that he'll get it, which he won't. And eventually he's going to have to drop. But the ones that do have to sell, that's how the market that's how the market changes, right? Mm-hmm. So you get, and that's how the adjustments happen. So you get, you know, one person here selling three seventy five, the other neighbor, the other neighbor, all three seventy five. So now instead of four hundred, four and a quarter, these houses are worth they're worth three seventy five. So it, 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 that that's a tough time. That that is a tough time. It's like it's like when you put a house up for sale, you're saying this uh, this house is going to sell, no problem. It's a you know it's 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 a piece of cake, easy peasy. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, you're finding out nobody's coming mm-hmm. to it, nobody's mm-hmm. looking at it, and you're going okay. Now you put other houses up for sale, and we're feeling the same thing too. Right. We're feeling so. Th- then we know there's an economic turn. We usually find out. Uh, as realtors, especially the amount of volume of business that we do, we know know it probably two two weeks to four weeks before most people do. Even mm-hmm. before the real estate board knows, even before the the, new, the news know that there's a, a change in the market, and so we we adapt to that because we know uh, like we change things week by week. We know when there's an, uh, a a change in the market right away, and then I t- we inform it to my team, and then we try to make sure that we we can uh, adjust to it right away. But but it, it's it's tough. It's tough. You don't know when it's going to hit, but when it hits, it it, it, it surprises everybody. Yeah. Uh, another reason why to tune 
in to the Hamilton Real Estate Show because you will know four weeks ahead of time when the recession <laughs> yes. is going to hit. Yes. Thanks to the golfy team. So uh, thanks for uh, breaking the news when it does come. <laughs> uh, let's shift gears and talk about household debt, kind of along the same uh, wavelength. But household debt is delaying Canadians' life milestones, according to uh, an Angus Reid poll. And one of those milestones is buying a home. Uh, debt has caused, according to this survey, 18% of Canadians to put off buying a home. Um and 32% of respondents say they aren't saving for retirement because of what they owe. 8% haven't tied the knot. 7% delaying having children. Uh, should we be worried? Um, I, I don't think so. Um, I mean, Canadians are always uh, in debt in one form or another. <laughs> we are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but you know what, you know what the, the government should do? And Hamilton does this they, uh, uh, because there's a shortage of homes for rent. They offer you the down payment of for your home mm -hmm. right and and this is an easy like like if they want to stimulate the economy they can actually offer the down payment if you qualify to like a millennial that's that is having a tough time saving money to buy a, a piece of property right. or a condo or a, or a detached home or a semi and say if you sell within 20 years you have to give us the down payment back hmm. interest free no there's no interest on it whatsoever Hamilton does that once in a while. They've got, uh, they'll have a, 100 available, so you have to apply for it right. because they need to get the people that are renting into owning homes because they need more rental properties right. in Hamilton. Now, they should do this with the millennials. Like the Ontario government should do this. Say, hey, listen, let's try to get as many people owning uh, home ownership in, in Ontario as much as we can. I mean, like they're going to get their money back. It's just that they don't have, they're not going to gain any interest. Now, if they sell within 20 years, which most people do, they're going to get their money back, right? And and but at least that that home buyer ends up building equity, and he can use the extra money now to buy another house. He doesn't need the government help anymore. Why they should do that? Do that, and then everybody will have home ownership. The economy will run great, mm -hmm. and uh, but I guess I should run for politics, right? You Rick? should. <laughs> well, that was uh, another story that I had, uh, you know, cultivated for this show. Was it's a story out of the states where um, home buyers are being allowed to put down as little as three percent, and and I was going to ask, why don't we do that in Canada? You're suggesting, you know, zero percent. Just give them the down payment. Give them the down payment, yeah, and then they'll get, they and, and the government will get their down payment back yeah. if they live if they sell within twenty years. Or, or 10 years, and uh, but if they stay there for t 20 years, like the, what uh, Hamilton does, if they live there and own that property for 20 years, mm. they get to keep the down payment, yeah. which is not a bad gig. Is the reason uh, the down payment exists is because if there are multiple offers, it would scare some who don't have the down payment away? Well, if you qualify, I don't think it scares anybody away. Mm. Um, like you're talking about the deposit, yeah. And and sometimes they do need help with the deposit. There's no doubt about it. Even even people that own a house and want to move to another house, they can't even afford to put five thousand dollar deposit right. on the yet the next house because their money's all tied up in the their house money's tied up in equity and in, in their house. And you know they've got kids. They you know you know hockey and you know all this other kind of yeah. stuff. It, it's tough. It is it is tough out there. But but I think if the government did help. Uh, uh, you know, young uh, home buyers. Uh, I think in the long run, you're going to have way more home ownership out there, and it, it'll definitely you know keep the economy going. Mm -hmm. Because if you own a house, you're going to fix it up all the time. Yeah, I guess the uh, the other part of this is is there the supply available to do that? I mean. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Cuz you got you, know, you got you got investors buying 3-4 condos at a time when a have, building goes up. We have over 300,000 new immigrants coming like to this area. Mm -hmm. it, it, They're going to live somewhere. Yeah, I mean more more so Toronto, but but that 
that carryover is going to spill into into the suburb, you know, city. So it's you know Hamilton's going to see it. So, I mean, the supply I, there's not enough supply right now. Every single year, you're getting 330 new, you know, thousand new people to your to your city or to your and they to, have money to, yeah. to the you know the yeah. greater Toronto Hamilton areas. You know, it, where are they going to go? They need somewhere to live. They need somewhere to live. So. Who knows? Like, it, it, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? Well, so I, I've got. I, 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 how much time we got? Are we good for time? Yeah, you are good for time. So we got two minutes. So I have uh, a, a, a Syrian uh, refugees uh, living in one of my rental units. Okay, right now they uh, pay their rent on time all the time. They're fantastic, great, great family. Mm-hmm. They've got two kids. They work hard. Nice. They're saving money. They're ready to buy a house, but but because housing is so expensive, they have to stick around a little longer renting uh, from me uh, until they save enough money. And and it's tough for them because these guys, they're, they're, you know, I'm sure they're establishing credit rating with the banks. Mm -hmm. They they pay their rent on time. There's never been an issue. And now they want to, they want to be a a home ownership. These guys are, are productive. Now they're, 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 they've come into Canada. Now they're, they're, Paying tax-paying citizens, they both, you know, the husband's got a job and and he's working hard and and you know, so like these are the guys that need to buy a house, you know what I mean? And they want they want home ownership. That's yeah. why they left their country right. because they didn't have opportunities like they do here in yeah. Canada. But it's just taking them a long time to. It's do taking so. them longer to do it, and and I understand, you know, people are saying, well, why are we helping refugees? Like anytime we help somebody. Pay, paying more taxes, we're helping everybody. Every, everybody's got health care. Everybody's yeah. got this. So Increasing the tax base is not a bad thing. It, it isn't <laughs> a bad thing. It isn't. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so these guys are working hard, saving money, trying to find uh, find a, a house. Uh, don't forget, Golfy gets it sold. You can find a lot more details on uh, what the Golfy team is all about online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700. Again, that's 905-575-7700. They're all over social media at Rob Golfi on Twitter and Instagram. Also, the Rob Golfi Facebook page is a great resource. And don't forget to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you download your favorite podcast. And again, if you have a question for the Golfi team, email questions at robgolfi.com. That's questions at robgolfi.com. When we come back, why it might be a good idea to get a second home inspection of your new home. That and more coming up here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. In studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie. They're sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. On the phone, just call them up at 905 
505-775-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. And you can find them on social media, the Twitter handle and Instagram handle are at Rob Golfie. And be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. Great information on that page. If you have a question for the Golfie team or if you have a topic idea for a future episode, you can send us an email, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. Uh, just before the break, we were talking about immigrants and you renting one of your uh, rental properties out to a Syrian family. Um, interesting story earlier this week from Statistics Canada. It says immigrants own 43% of all residential properties in Toronto and 37% in Vancouver. Immigrants make up 46% of Toronto's population, 41% of Vancouver's. But, and here's the interesting thing, the type of homes they own differs. In Vancouver, single detached houses account for 39% of all immigrant-owned properties, compared with 48% with Canadian-born owners. And in Toronto, about half of immigrant-owned properties are detached, compared with 60% for Canadian-born owners. Interesting to see that uh, immigrants, and we're not just talking recently, we're talking no. all the way back to the 60s and the 50s. 50s. Even so immigrants, what, yeah. I wonder yeah. Why, like, what, what, why, like, what's... In terms of I mean? why Statscan yeah. did that? I no, think no, no, no. Like, in terms of different style of ownerships. Yeah, that, that's what I found interesting, too. And I, I, it doesn't really explain why, but it just identifies there is a difference, which is yeah. very yeah. interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, you know, going back to the fifties when a lot of the Italians That's and right. the Irish, you know, the, moved in Greeks and everybody. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. So, and we're kind of seeing that to a certain degree with, uh, you know, the, the, the Asian population, uh, you know, coming into Vancouver and Toronto and, and other centers as well. So I just thought that was interesting just to pass along for a, a, an information piece. Um, okay. So you've bought a brand new home. You've done a home inspection and, uh, you know, nothing really came of it, but you're considering doing a second home inspection. This is an article that comes from a woman and her husband, and her husband convinced her that, you know what, we should get another home inspection as we're moving in. So they did so. And again, this is a brand new home. So they were handed a 64-page report listing nearly 100 different concerns, ranging from, you know, some minor things like broken tiles to some more alarming things such as an improperly installed roof. Uh, hiring a second inspector for our new builds, according to this woman, was an ideal way of protecting ourselves and our home. This is probably very rare, but obviously they did the right thing. I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to when it comes to new home purchases. When you purchase a new home, you expect it to be perfect, yeah. right? Well, it's you brand expect, new. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and, and I, I feel like there's a lot of people, just from my experience, who go into their new house and, and now they have occupancy and they're they're so excited to get in they're they're so you know they're so rushed you know sometimes the moving date changes and you know they have all their you know all their furniture they don't really think of the possible defects that can be within the property of mm -hmm. a new of a new build and there can be a lot right so i mean at the beginning you know the the builder will say well we have a uh, you know first they're going to say you know we have our tearing on so any defects will be fixed and then what the builder usually has is is they have somebody that that you know a defect kind of service where they'll come around and you know fix things such as you know um nail holes or nail pops or right. or, or or little things really like that things, yeah. but but what people don't understand is is these happen in every little every house there's always going to be these defects mm -hmm. whether it's caulking or whether it's you know maybe there's a scratched uh, hardwood floor or scratched tile or or a chipped granite countertop or there's always going to be those little things and and you know in terms of your expectations you sh you should expect it to be perfect right you shouldn't it's you brand should, new it's brand right. new right yeah. 
and and the builder should 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 build it to be perfect, right? And what you're seeing happen is they're 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 building them so fast and so quickly that they've developed a team to come in after the property has been built instead of getting it right the first time. So mm-hmm. we we we've seen this a lot. We we've seen a lot of people have very bad experiences with certain builders in terms of the overall quality of the building when they move in. Right. Um and and this is something that we're we're familiar to. And in fact, it gives it gives a neighborhood or a building or a particular building or a condo a very bad reputation based on what the experiences of the first time or the, the first occupants of the unit are or of the of the area, yeah. right? Um, and this is something that we're familiar to in, in, in terms of highlighting different different areas of, of developments. We, that, we, that, we, that, we, we've, we've seen developments yeah. where the builder hasn't finished. People moved in without without granite count, without counters in their kitchen, wow. without all oh, yeah. the nightmare, the, the stories out there. Like you, you, in terms of occupancy, I, you know, there's, there's a couple little things that need to happen. You have to have running water. You have to have a washroom and you have to have, um, something else. And, uh, electricity. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's something, but, but if you have these, if you can check these boxes, then you, you're, you can close on the unit. Yeah, right. And yeah. the builder might say, Oh yeah, you know, we're going to finish everything else. There's all those little intricacies within the building contract. That's 150 pages long and nobody reads, <laughs> but, um, but it's, it, it's, it's something that we've seen before. And, and, you know, you are protected by Terion, you are protected by your insurances, but it's always, you know, I always say make sure you do a walkthrough prior to closing to right. make sure that the building's done. If it's not done, you don't need to close on it. Make them but fix it because it's a lot easier to get it done prior to closing than after you've closed on it. And that goes for resale yeah. too. we, we got to take a break. I do want to come back to this topic. Got a couple more questions that I'm sure our listeners are interested to hear what the answers are. Stay tuned. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Last go around here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can call them anytime at 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com, and on social media at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. They also have a great Facebook page. And if you haven't already, download the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast, and don't miss an episode going forward. If you have, you can go to your podcast or go to robgolfie.com or 900chml.com. Just before the break, we were talking about a couple who uh, has moved into a new home, decided to get a second home inspection, and found uh, a litany of defects, including some very serious things like an improperly installed roof. If someone is moving into a new home, they do get a, a second inspection, or they, they've walked through the place and they notice there are some deficiencies. What is the time frame for the developer to come back and make those fixes? Do they have to do it in 30 days, 60 days? It's tough. They're supposed to be back to do it. Otherwise, Terion will, will find them. And they don't want to go through that because yeah. there's, there's, you know, they're governed by Terion. But the problem there is is that the inspector that inspects the roof, he's looking at it from the ground level and say, oh, yeah, it looks good. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the whole roof can be totally the joist totally wrong right and like i mean there's a lot of things that get passed that don't really get looked at because these 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 inspectors from the city you know they get to know the you know the builders the the site supervisors and all that and they say oh yeah everything's good you know Mm -hmm. here's some donuts and coffee hey you know thank you very much but um but like there's a lot of things that do get missed now their job they're they're, normally the inspectors are good they they because they got to go by code Mm -hmm. right in code 
they got to make sure everything's right. But but they do miss things. There, there's no doubt about it. Once once you put the roof up, the boards are up, shingles are up. Yeah, like, you can only see so much. You right? like is he going to climb up into every attic and and look at the joists? Like like they're not going to do that, yeah. you know. And same thing when they're doing weeping tiles and all that. Are they putting enough stone on top of the uh, the tubes that go in there. We don't know. We mm-hmm. don't know that. Like it's bare. Everything's buried. Uh, so and that's the hard thing about. Um, when you're buying a brand new house, and, any house, any house, yeah. but but usually if you buy from a reputable builder, because because if he's making one mistake on the same mistake, it's going to happen on all the houses. He right. doesn't need that. Now it's the small the small builders are usually pretty good, but then you always get the one bad apple, and there's bad apples no matter what industry you're in. You mm-hmm. just got to make sure you, you get you re, do, do your, your research, research yeah. when you're buying from somebody. At, at the end of the day, the homeowner is left in you know really a state of chaos, and now having to jump through hoops and the you know the hassle <laughs> to get the developer back to make. Oh, fixes yeah, and, and, and they give you a hard time. Yeah. And, and some developer, like a lot, lot of good builders have like a service uh, department where yeah. they take care of it. They yeah. have they have a service vehicle. They'll take care of everything, mm-hmm. which is great. And but then there's you know the smaller guys. They can't do that. I live in a I live in a new build development, a new condo development, and uh, I think we've had occupancy coming up on two years now, and the service guys are still there. They're still going in and out wow. of each unit. Now, now I'd say you know there's probably 200 units between the development so it's a lot of units but i mean there's the service vehicles have been there every single day for like the last two you know two years that's wild right so these are things such as you know like like drywall cracks or, or the smallest little things but they're they're there to fix them and, hmm. and that's how a builder you know that's a good builder yeah it's a good builder they yeah. have a two you know, years later they're exactly, still yeah they're still yeah. there they're yeah. still fixing um i know there was a problem there was a recall with one of our our uh, washing machine tubes so they came into every single unit and fixed them. Nice, right? So I mean, it, it, it's those things that that that's what you want, and that's how a builder builds a good rec- reputation. Um, and and people have no problem buying from them because they know if that that if they're and there's going to be problems, right? It, it, let's face it. Sure, like, it's like it, a car. It's, it's like like a recall a, on you're building a house. Yeah. Like there's there's going to be little nail pops. There's going to be little issues. Like yeah. you know you, you got to work with them on it. Mm-hmm. And and if they're willing to accommodate that, then yeah, that, that's it's a good sign, right? Yeah. Uh, which brings us to our last topic today. A uh, Toronto developer is seeking creditor protection, which has uh, left uh, some condo buyers in limbo. So really briefly, a Toronto area real estate development company that in recent months has cancelled two condo projects has filed for court protection from its creditors after failing to make payments on about $220 million in debt obligations. So long story short, these condo buyers or investors are left in the lurch. Uh, how do you protect yourselves in this case? Well, you're, you're, well, you're covered. I think through Terion. You know more about uh, that with Terion. I yeah. think it's forty thousand, but I think with condos, you are covered for more than the forty thousand. It depends. Okay. Like, like if you're buying a single detached home, I think that the number is forty thousand. I wouldn't want to put any more than forty thousand down. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but like if this builder goes bankrupt and you got sixty thousand down yeah. and you're only insured up to forty, you're going to lose Just that. The hardest part about that is it, it, is your money's tied up for four or five years, yeah. right? So, so even if you get that same sixty thousand dollars back, what you could have done in a even in a <laughs> small in GIC yeah. that's going to well, pay not you even two that. You could have bought a different condo. Yeah, you could have bought a different condo so corp where yeah. they, they were going to build, yeah. and and that that property would have been worth now, more money. Now in that four years, you know, we've seen what the market's done in the last four years. So just imagine if if you know now somebody comes back and gives you your sixty, you could you you probably can't even. It's not even enough to go buy the exact same condo yeah. this year, right? Yeah. So that's the hardest part about it, right? But like it comes back to reputation it goes back to to builder like it, that you know what i mean do your research and, mm-hmm. and and it happens it's happened here in hamilton right it's yeah there's it's, yeah you know on, what I mean? on james it's, street yeah. there. we're not yeah. you know we're not immune to that um and it's not something that the builder plans on 
in the beginning. Right, like yeah. it, you know, <laughs> this so. is a, an emergency situation, yeah. obviously. Guys, fantastic program once again. Uh, February is here. Enjoy the month uh, and uh, enjoy your weekend. And uh, thanks for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Yeah.